You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the Fansided Network. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy start of Las Vegas Summer League. Games kicked off on Sunday. Cade Cunningham played his first game tonight. We'll see the Timberwolves entry in the Las Vegas Summer League play their first game at 6 p.m. Central on ESPNU against the Spurs. So that's that mostly will be what I, what I want to talk about today. I want to get into what to watch for during Summer League. Um, the Timberwolves hosted their Summer League preview event at the Target Center on Friday night. Um, and there were a few notes that uh, I wasn't able to be there, but there's a few notes that others took that I wanted to kind of dive into related to what I already would have said, let's watch for this in Summer League. But we've got a little bit more information um, on on what to keep an eye out for. Also, uh, quick here off the top, I want to kind of close the loop on the Olympics. Obviously, that gold medal game was late Friday, so a couple days ago now, but I just want to hit on a couple of things from that, and um, obviously, this was a, a challenging Olympics for Team USA, but the result was what everybody expected and um, what, what we thought we would get, even if it was a little dicey at times with the gold medal going to the U.S., so that'll be today's show, um, and then, of course, tomorrow, we'll be able to actually have some game coverage from Monday night's uh, Uh, Wolves versus Spurs summer league game in Vegas. We'll be able to actually do a bit of a game recap, some studs and duds, be a little rusty on that format, but I think we'll get into that on Tuesday. It should be a lot of fun. Um, Even though it is summer league, it's, it's going to be great. It's been a while since, since we've seen any sort of any form of Timberwolves basketball. Okay. Before we get into the show today, a reminder, you can follow this show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Of course, that includes Apple as well as Google, Spotify, and the all new Odyssey app, you can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T Wolves and at uh, at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. Also, if you follow on Apple and you enjoy the podcast, please help out with a review on there. It definitely helps um, get us in front of more eyes and ears, and uh, would be much appreciated if you if you helped us out with the review there. Okay, um, let's go ahead and get into a, some quick Olympics talk. Of course, Team USA played France on Friday night for the gold medal. It was a little disappointing that France lost to Slovenia in the semifinals. It would have been fun to see Luka Doncic play against Team USA. Um, And actually, Slovenia ended up losing to Australia in the bronze medal game. So Australia took home the bronze. That game happened after Team USA won on Friday night when they won the or after they won the gold on Friday night. Um, So. USA beat France in the gold medal game by five points. Final score of 87 to 82. The game started off a little bit dicey for Team USA. Um, they were, they were down pretty quickly in this game. Um, and and then, and then kind of made up the ground and and basically led the rest of the way, but it was never a, it was never a commanding lead. Um, they were just down a little bit early and it was, it was a little bit worrisome. Durant kind of did his thing though, eventually. And and we knew this was going to happen. Eventually he took over. Um, and I mean, France just didn't have the horses. I mean, Nick, Nicholas Batum was really good in this tournament, but he was more, they relied on him defensively. He actually led their team in minutes in this game. Evan Fournier struggled a little bit from the floor, and he was going to be the key. Um, obviously, Rudy Gobert is a huge part of what they do, and it was really good in this game. He didn't make his free throws. He's only 6 of 13 from the line and actually didn't have any blocks in this game either. Team USA did a good job of it. Of course, Team USA's game is three-point shooting, right? I mean, that was what they were going to rely on. They were they were 9 of 32 from outside the arc, so not very good in this game. But they were able to get an, enough in transition. 
Um, the key was they made enough threes, they got out in transition, and they didn't need to worry about getting into the paint in the half court and dealing with Rudy Gobert. They just didn't do much of that. Kevin Durant ended up with 29 points, shot 9 of 18 from the from the floor, 3 of 9 outside the arc, 8 of 9 on free throws. Team USA also got 19 from Jason Tatum, who finally stepped up and had a really good game in just 21 minutes. Drew Holiday was good defensively, um, you know, pitched in on Fournier and uh, did a good job on that end of the floor. He only had 11 points on 13 shots, but uh, Draymond Green did enough also, by the way. He didn't have a massive tournament, but in 16 minutes, he had five assists, a couple of rebounds. Um, he had a steal, did a solid job, and they they needed him to do that with no no true bigs on this roster outside of Bam Adebayo, um, and you know Javale McGee wasn't see, wasn't ever going to really see minutes, and he shouldn't have. So it was really up to Draymond Green to bring something to the table. Uh, Zach Levine, Devin Booker, those guys were quiet in this game. Chris Middleton, this was, and so was Damian Lillard too. By the way, this was mostly Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum's show. And they did enough to get the get Team USA the gold. There's a couple of good stories out there, a couple of good articles about the challenge that it was for Team USA this tournament. This is, of course, Greg Popovich's first run um, and and first gold as head coach. Um, and it, this was this was tumultuous. I think would be a nice way of saying it. And remember, the next Olympics is only three years away, so that selection process is going to get underway here in a little bit. You know, of course, we haven't seen Steph Curry play on Team USA to, at any point in his career. Well, I, I'm sorry, at any Olympics, he's played on a couple of FIBA gold winning teams, but he hasn't played at the Olympics. Who knows if we'll see James Harden at any point? Obviously, those guys are going to be, they're already getting long in the tooth. They'll be very much, uh, you know, they'll be three years older, obviously, at the at the next Summer Olympics in uh, in Paris in 2024. Who knows at that point? You know, maybe Anthony Edwards will be in the conversation. Of course, he was on the select team this year, but... How many of these guys that were on this team will be back on the team? Devin Booker and Zach Levine are probably good bets if they want to, but they've got their gold medals now, so we'll see. Um, of course, now Kevin Durant also, the other development in this tournament is that he led the way, or he now leads the way in Team USA Olympic history in a ton of categories, mostly scoring categories, but many categories overall because of the sheer number of minutes he's played at the Olympics. Uh, but this team, as always, will look pretty different in four years than it does right now, and here's hoping we get to see some of those superstars that just haven't either haven't played at all or haven't played didn't play this year because of injury or you know the weirdness obviously coming out of the pandemic year in 2020. Um, so we'll see what this team looks like in three years. But there's certainly a possibility it has a Timberwolves flavor to it. If Edwards, you know, who knows about obviously Nas Reed was on the select team, who knows where he'll be in three years if he would legitimately be on the team or not. But um, there there's a, a pretty decent probability that Anthony Edwards is involved in three years if he wants to be. So um, we'll keep an eye on that, of course. And, uh, you know, congrats to Team USA. Congrats to Jerry Colangelo, everybody involved in the process and in, in putting this team together and uh, and pulling this off and winning another gold. Obviously, the world just keeps getting better and it's going to get tougher and tougher. It's it's not simply that Team USA couldn't get their best players. It's that the the rest of the world is really good. There's a ton of international talent in the NBA and also playing in, in you know, in EuroLeague and, and other places around the world. So, um, you know, I, I mean, Paris should be interesting here in, in three years. Okay. Next, I want to get into Las Vegas Summer League. What to watch out for, you know, highlight a couple guys on the roster. I did that last week, but I want to kind of dig in on specific skills that we need to watch um, from specific players as Vegas Summer League kicks off this evening. First, though, let's talk about our new friends at Stat Hero. Did you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? 
Is it really that surprising, though? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes. Winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. Personally, I've never been a big fan of DFS, of Daily Fantasy. I, I it feels like so much more of a crapshoot even than betting against individual games or playing, you know, season long fantasy. And that's that's why I'm absolutely going to be giving Stat Hero a try. You're in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be, one-on-one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That is unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Back last week, I think it was on Thursday, I previewed the Minnesota Timberwolves Las Vegas Summer League entry roster. This was prior to the Friday night event. They made a couple of cuts. Uh, They didn't officially announce what those cuts were, but one of them was J.J. Culver, Jarrett Culver's brother, um, who'd played at a small college and was on the team for the for the uh, for the events on Friday. So there was a couple of small changes to the roster. I don't think anybody that I discussed last week in any detail was was part of that. Um, so quickly, the guys to look out for, obviously Jalen Noel and Jane McDaniels are the two guys on the full-time, you know, active Timberwolves roster with NBA contracts that will be playing. Jalen Noel, second-round pick two years ago. Jaden McDaniels, first-round pick last year. Uh, the other first-round picks from last year, Anthony Edwards, of course, is not going to play. And Leandro Balmaro isn't either, although it's pretty likely he's in, uh, in Minnesota next year and on the roster. There's eight total players on the Wolves Summer League roster that have NBA experience. That includes McDaniels and Noel. Um, it also includes two-way contract signees, McKinley Wright. Oh, excuse me. McKinley Wright doesn't have NBA experience, but he is another rookie. He's the Champlain Park High School alum who played four years at the University of Colorado. The other two-way contract signee, Nathan Knight, does have NBA experience. Played in 33 games last year with the Atlanta Hawks. He's on the team. It includes uh, Marcus Derrickson as well as Brian Bowen. Both of those guys have been two-way players with other organizations. Derrickson played in the NBA with the Warriors a couple years ago. Bowen was with the Pacers organization and scored a bunch of points last year in the G League with the Pacers G League affiliate. Um, So there's several guys to look out for that have experience in the NBA that could be options in case anything were to change with the Wolves two-way situation. Say either Wright or Knight ends up earning a full-time contract, similar to what happened a couple years ago when Nas Reed got a contract and McLaughlin ended up getting a two-way after summer league play. Other candidates to make the roster could be, you know, if Wright or Knight gets a full-time deal, we could look at a, at a Bowen, at a Derrickson, potentially Isaiah Miller, who's an Exhibit 10 contract signing and almost certainly will be with the Iowa Wolves this year. Jared Brownridge is another guy I mentioned the other day. He's a 6'1 guard with a 6'8 wingspan, a great shooter, um, an undrafted guy that I think would have a, there is a possibility that he could, um, you know, make some noise here. I, I, again, it, it'd be really tough for any of the non-roster guys to truly make a move to crack the Wolves roster this year, but could they be training camp invitees? Could they get exhibit 10 offers from the Wolves and have the possibility of being in training camp with Minnesota and then latching on with the Iowa Wolves? That's entirely possible. And, you know, God forbid there's injuries or anything like that, but these guys have to stay ready. Um, and there's always the possibility that a roster spot could open up. So all those players are are the top ones to look for. Hopefully guys like Brownridge, 
Derrickson, Bowen. Hopefully those guys are going to get some run um, in Vegas. But And also, by the way, the way the, the schedule lines out is pretty weird. The Wolves play one game tonight on Monday, and then they don't play again until I think it's Thursday of this week. Um, and then they play back-to-back games. I think it's Thursday. Is it Thursday? Yeah. Then they play Thursday, Friday, have Saturday off and play Sunday. And then that's when they'll get scheduled at least one additional game, depending on how the first four games play out. There's like a weird uh, uh, championship game that they select and then some consolation type games. So they should play five total games. I think the max is six, but they play Monday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Um, So Monday night, 6 p.m. ESPNU against the Spurs. So we'll talk all about that game tomorrow. Now, what to watch for in summer league. Number one for me is the possibility of Jalen Noel initiating offense and basically playing point guard. We saw him do a little bit of that last year in his first real NBA action. Remember, he was a rookie two years ago. He barely played, really struggled to shoot the ball when he got to the NBA level. That was the pandemic shortened season, nineteen twenty. He shot the ball great in the G League and played really well for the Iowa Wolves, but just couldn't shoot it in the NBA. That happened early last year when he got some limited opportunities early in the season. And then he actually became a member of the rotation late January. And this was largely due to injuries. D'Angelo Russell was hurt. Um, and, you know, the, the Wolves rotation was kind of in flux and, and Ryan Saunders was searching for something. Noel comes into the rotation in late January, basically spends about six weeks being kind of a, a, a reliable scorer off the bench, um, scoring from all three levels. The three-point shot was still a little bit shakier than than anybody wanted it to be. Um, I mean, you look at his track record shooting the ball in college at Washington, in the G League for the Iowa Wolves. He's always been a high 30%, nearly 40% guy, but he struggled at the NBA level um, even when he was playing well last year. There were some stretches where he was better than than other than at other times, but overall still didn't quite shoot the ball as he's capable. But he's a deadly mid-range shooter. He can get to his spots near the elbows and make shots there. He can also get to the rim a little bit. Um, And he's a little undersized, but he's got a solid wingspan and he's athletic enough to score at all three levels. And I've, I've said this, if you're a regular listener, you've heard me say this many times. I think he has a potential ceiling of like a really good six man um, and a guy who could score efficiently and initiate some offense, be kind of a combo guard type guy, a secondary playmaker for a second unit. And that's a valuable player, especially on the contract. I mean, he's got two more years left on his partially guaranteed deal. The Timberwolves have a bargain in Noel. If he can prove that that he can hold down that rotation spot, sixth, seventh, eighth man. Um, and they're going to give him every opportunity to initiate offense in in Las Vegas. Now, of course, McKinley Wright is a, is a two-way guy who's going to get a shot to, to play at the NBA level. And he's a point guard. So he's going to initiate offense. Isaiah Miller is the Exhibit 10 guy. He's the only other true player like point guard that the Wolves are likely to give minutes to, but they're going to give Noel the opportunity to, to run offense. I also think he'll probably play alongside one of those guys because, because a lot of the time when Noel's on the floor and with the Timberwolves, he's going to be out there with another point guard. He may be out there with D'Angelo Russell or Jordan McLaughlin, but they might just give positions to Noel and say, okay, or excuse me, possessions to Noel and say, okay, initiate this possession, run the offense, get a shot for yourself or for someone else. Um, And maybe if it goes really well, he ends up actually getting true point guard minutes. We might see that in summer league. Um, But, you know, and this was something that actually Jack Borman, who used to write over at Dunkey with Wolves um, and is with Canis Hoopus now, he covered the event on Friday and he was tweeting about this um, and said that the Wolves ran a bunch of dribble handoff action with Noel on the court. Um, and that he was getting shots for himself, was distributing to others, was coming off, uh, you know, was basically getting the ball off of these handoffs and hitting the roll man or, you know, other players coming around screens for three point opportunities. 
Um, he was running it, it sounds like, with Nathan Knight, the other two-way guy, uh, quite a bit. Um, so I think we'll see a lot of that. I think we'll see Noel initiating offense, getting the ball in dribble handoff situations, getting downhill, scoring, getting into the paint, probably shooting a bunch of elbow jumpers he loves pulling up around the elbows, um, and hopefully getting a lot of three-point shoot, shoot, shot opportunities. Uh, so Noel's probably the player to watch in my mind because he's got the most to gain and the most to lose. If he plays really well, he's going to be a rotation guy. If he doesn't, the Wolves have enough depth. They should have enough depth, especially if Bomaro comes over. Noel could get pushed to ninth, 10th, 11th guy and end up being a sweetener for a trade or something at the deadline. I mean, that's entirely possible. But if he plays well and he continues to show out, um, he'll have a real chance to be in the rotation. I think he should be this year. Remember, and we'll talk about Jaden McDaniels in a second, Jaden McDaniels isn't going anywhere. If he has, if he struggles in summer league, he's still probably a starter on this team come fall. Um, he will probably be the starting four, maybe the starting three, depending on how everything shakes out with Torian Prince and Juancho Hernan Gomez and, and that whole situation. But he likely starts at the four this fall and plays a lot of three with the second unit. So... I mean, his role's pretty much cemented. The Wolves are just going to challenge him to do more. And again, we'll talk about that in a moment. Noel is also fighting for a role. The Timberwolves have, obviously, Anthony Edwards, Malik Beasley. Both of those guys, their best position is shooting guard. That's also Jalen Noel's best position. Throw in Jarrett Culver, Josh Akogi. Those guys can play the two and the three um, and also initiate some offense. Both of them can do that. It's not their optimal skill set. And then Bomaro is going to play some probably more of a more of a four or a three, excuse me, than anything else. But those guys are all in the conversation for minutes at a similar wing position to Noel. Noel has to play well in summer league. He has to show that he can knock down the NBA three. You know, summer league is obviously a different animal, but um, he has to show that he can play, that he can expand his game beyond spot up shooter that he can also run some offense. Um, and that'll be something to definitely look out for in summer league. Okay. A couple more things to watch for in summer league that I want to get to next. Before we do that though, let's talk about built bar. Built bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. It's not close. It tastes exactly like a candy bar, but it is a healthy protein bar. Um, if you're not familiar with built bar, there's tons of delicious flavors. I actually just ordered, there's a brand new flavor, Rocky road. I just ordered these, uh, over the weekend. They should get here later this week. And I can't wait. I'll, the, my last order, I did coconut, uh, cookies and cream and mint brownie are all just fantastic. If you don't know which flavor you want, you can get a mixed box. You'll get two of each of the nine main flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're also healthy. Check out the macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein per bar. Calories are just 130 to 180 calories, depending on the bar. Only four or five grams of sugar and four to five grams net carbs. They're all amazing tasting and they're all super healthy for you. Order today. Built Bar also is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, which cleaned up, especially at the end of the Olympics. Um, so there you go. Be just like the members of the U.S. track and field team. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Let's also talk about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is now well more than half over. NFL training camps underway. The Hall of Fame game was the other day, so preseason starts this weekend. Believe it or not, you could bet on NFL preseason. You could bet on NBA Summer League. All that stuff's on BetOnline. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs. That's all sports, including UFC and MMA, as well as all your main, you know, the big five sports. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website 
or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. Again, that's promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So we talked about Jalen Noel, and Jaden McDaniels is the other Timberwolves active roster NBA contract guy, of course, that's going to get a lot of run. And we've heard Chris Finch say that he wants Jaden McDaniels to be the focal point of the summer league team. And how, what, what, what does that mean? Is he going to, are they going to give the, the ball to McDaniels on the perimeter, ask him to run pick and roll? Are they going to ask him to score in isolation? Are they going to run plays where he's coming off screens for catch and shoot situations? Or will he be used in all of the above manners? I, I think that's the most likely scenario. I think they're just going to see what he's most comfortable doing and then ask him to get outside of his comfort zone a little bit, put the ball on the floor and try and score. Um, what we don't want to see is hesitancy from Jaden McDaniels. We don't want to see him. We saw this a little bit last year. If you go back and watch every possession for Jaden McDaniels last year, I guarantee you, you'll see a lot of catch and shoot. You'll see a little bit of transition scoring. And the only other thing you're really going to see is the the hesitation, the pump fake on the perimeter, a couple dribbles and a contested, a really tough kind of mid-range jumper. We didn't see a ton of that. Maybe once every couple of games. But that, that's just because he was a really low usage player last year. He didn't get the ball very often except for in catch and shoot situations. When he did put the ball on the floor, he very rarely got all the way to the basket. And he often got kind of caught in no man's land. It wasn't really sure what to do and would pass out of a tough situation or hoist up a difficult mid-range type jumper. It never got the the feeling, you know, it was certainly not to the level of like an Andrew Wiggins early career turnaround jumper in the mid-range type situation simply because the number of possessions weren't there. It's just because McDaniels never got comfortable being the focal point or, or having the ball in his hands and being asked to score. That wasn't his role last year. He was a primary defender and a spot-up shooter. In Summer League, the Wolves are going to ask him to do more than spot-up shoot. They're going to ask him to put the ball on the floor, get to the basket, show that he can create his own shot, show that he can make the right reads. If he gets into the paint and sees an open teammate on the perimeter, is he making that read? Is he kicking it out to a teammate when the defense collapses? Is he shoveling it to a big in the dunker spot? Or is he getting all the way to the hoop and getting fouled and scoring? Um, those are all things we didn't see from McDaniels last year. They're all things that if he adds that ability to his skill set, he could be a, a a true you know top three offensive option in the NBA. And the and the upside really, the sky is the limit for Jaden McDaniels. Obviously, you know at some point there's only so much basketball to go around with the Timberwolves. But what can McDaniels develop into? Can he become a true Twin Towers type threat with Carl Anthony Towns, or will he be fluid enough on the perimeter? And we know he can guard threes. Is he going to play a lot of three this year? Chris Finch actually made a comment at, at this is again, passed along by Jack Borman at Canis Hoopus, made a comment on Friday about McDaniels playing a lot of three so far this summer. And it doesn't necessarily mean he will never play the four again, but they want to keep trying him at the three. That's something I've talked about since Chris Finch took over. McDaniels didn't play the three at all under Ryan Saunders. And you know, early in the season, he didn't play at all. And then when he got into the lineup, he was only playing the four. Finch wanted to play him at the three. Finch wants to play big lineups. Whether it's an ultra long and athletic lineup with Jared Vanderbilt at the four, McDaniels at the three, and Carl Anthony Towns at the five, or maybe it's just a big lineup with Nas Reed at the four. Maybe Wancho's at the four to give you some floor spacing. But Finch likes the, the possibility of playing McDaniels at the three on both ends of the floor. Um, and we're going to see a lot of that in summer league. We're going to see him with the opportunity to create for others. So my my curiosity comes with how aggressive will McDaniel's be? Will he truly take what the coaches have asked him to do and be ultra aggressive and make the right reads? And he's going to make some mistakes, obviously, but hopefully the mistakes of aggression. Hopefully they're you know getting a charging call or a turnover in the paint and not the mistakes where he's shooting difficult 
mid-range jumpers, you know, coming around a screen and just pulling up because it's easier to just get rid of the ball and, and make, try to make a shot. You know, I, I'd much rather see him make a mistake getting downhill at the basket or, you know, trying to make the right read and just getting, you know, somebody jumps the passing lane. So those, I think it'll be really important to watch how he plays. And this is always true of Summer League. You know, don't just watch the box score. If you can't watch the game, you know, f- find a source you trust to tell you about what happened in the game. And, and hopefully that's here at Lockdown Wolves. But, you know, some all the great Timberwolves blogs and podcasts that cover the team. Don't just read the box score because that's not going to be helpful in Summer League. It's going to be how Jaden McDaniels actually carries himself, how he handles, you know, the opportunity to to score, to, to run the offense a little bit. And also Jalen Noel, which who I already talked about. For both of those guys, it's going to be so much more the decision making than the actual, you know, oh, hey, he was three of six with two turnovers and one assist. It, you know, was he making the right reads? Did teammates just miss open shots when he was getting them the ball? Um, those things are what the Wolves are going to be looking for. It's not going to be box score watching in Summer League. Um, okay, the last thing that I'm going to be looking for is who else gets gets the call? The, the, the call to run the offense. Is it two-way guy McKinley Wright? Is it Exhibit 10 contract guy, Isaiah Miller, are those the only other two guys that get asked to run the offense? I think those two guys will get plenty of minutes because they're they're players the Wolves have already invested in, especially Wright, McKinley Wright. They need to see if, you know, say they can't bring back Jordan McLaughlin, how comfortable are they with McKinley Wright maybe being elevated to a full-time deal? Or how comfortable are they with him, you know, being on the roster as the third point guard um, if, you know, uh, if something happens to, you know, hopefully not to D'Angelo Russell or Jordan McLaughlin, if one of those guys is banged up, can right step up and be the backup point guard in the NBA. They're going to want to see that from him. If he were to ever get elevated, Isaiah Miller could be next man up. He's another, he, he's not all too dissimilar from, from McKinley, Wright. The offensive game isn't quite to that level. Um, but he's a, he's an athletic freak. He had a massive dunk on Friday night in the, in the summer league preview. Um, and he had several of those in college as well at UNC, uh, at, at UNC Greensboro. Um, so, you know, go, go watch his highlights. It's a lot of scoring in the paint. It's a lot of athletic plays that he made in the paint. I mean, he's only six feet tall, so he had to jump over guys if he was going to score at the rim. Um, but I'm really intrigued to see him. It feels like G league and summer league will are a couple of, you know, that's, that's the type of game that I think will benefit Isaiah Miller. He'll be able to showcase his athleticism and some of his shooting shortcomings may not be quite as obvious, um, in, in this type of a, of a situation. So excited to see Wright and Miller excited to see who actually does run the offense when Noel's not on the floor. Um, and, uh, McDaniels maybe doesn't have the ball in his hands. You know, who's initiating things for the Timberwolves summer league team. Um, should be a ton of fun games tonight at 6 PM central. We'll talk about it on Tuesday's show, break it all down to talk about everything I just said to watch for. I'm going to break that all down on Tuesday and anything else notable that happens, Personally, again, excited. The other names that I would say to look out for, Marcus Derrickson, hopefully he gets some minutes. Um, Jared Brownridge is the other one. Brian Bowen's a little bit intriguing. I you know, I don't know that there's really a spot for him in Minnesota, but I'm excited to see Brownridge and Derrickson because they're under the radar type guys. Um, and then obviously all the all the other guys under contract as well. So uh, we'll talk about all that on Tuesday. If you're not already following or subscribed to the show, please do so. You can do that anywhere you listen to podcasts. Of course, that includes Apple as well as Google, Spotify, and the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves. That's at Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T. And also at B-Beacon with two Bs, two Es, CK. Ian. All right, that's all we have for you today. Thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Wolves podcast. Of course, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.